Okay, welcome to the Chronic Assistant Principals Podcast. We are a PhD doc and Title IX, and we are guiding you through one year in our lives. That is a high school assistant principal and a librarian. It's our goal to inform you and to entertain you and to provide insight into our challenging jobs. Challenging jobs. That's us. That is definitely us. Because mm-hmm. we love a challenge. Yeah. April, as we talked to you about in the March podcast, mm-hmm. was going to be shit you would never believe you would see on a campus, part two. Right. And this, this so is stay like tuned. Stuff you can't unsee. Stuff you cannot unsee. <laughs> because uh, thanks to the power of technology, now we can capture these events on closed circuit television. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. watch it, or, and have to actually record them. Yeah, and then play it back over and over again. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, two memorable moments. Number one was, uh, okay, well, let me back this up, because for people that aren't involved in the school business, the principal sometimes can't be at work. So when he steps out, one of us gets to kind of helm the ship, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and that, the best analogy for that is, it's like when you're ahead in football and your quarterback gets taken out of the game and your second string quarterback comes in, you just want them to run the most basic, easiest play, <laughs> just hand it off to the halfback That's and right. let him run up the middle and don't fumble it, don't turn it over, don't, don't do get anything. Anything else. that will cause chaos. So guess what happens when I get put in charge? Well, whenever you get put in charge, <laughs> yeah, bad things something happen. always happens. You, well, I think it was seven years ago. There was one day that you and I were the only two on campus. Everybody else had been gone. And all of a sudden... There's these claims of, we smell natural gas. There's natural gas smell in the fine arts building. And we look at each other like, seriously? It was like, what, 3 o'clock. We had to make decisions. We, you know, we did everything we did. But, yeah, so going back to yeah, now. you again, so <laughs> instead of punting on first down, yeah. you decided I to come run into a the game. Flicker. I come into the game. First and second downs were just fine. Third down, however, we fumble the ball. I fumble the ball. You know, the band director comes in, and his words to me were, we have a substitute that just exposed themselves to two of our students in the band hall. And so my thought was, my first response was, say what? Well, I thought your first response was, hey, um, Doc, can you come up to my office? Well, that was after I was like in my head saying, oh, shit, now what? Like crying and cursing to the school gods. Why me? You know? Hey, can you leave the cafeteria and please come to my office? I really yeah. can. I'm the only one in here. Well, I asked for greater details from uh, our band director. And he says, well, these two sisters come to him uh, right after their lunch hour and say, there was a substitute in the band hall that exposed himself and gave a specific time. And so we pull it up because, you know, we have closed circuit cameras in the band hall. And sure enough, right up under the camera, we see one of our regular substitute teachers pull his pants down, wipe his bottom with a handkerchief, throw the handkerchief to the side of him. Um, on the floor. On the floor. In the band hall. In the band hall. Right. Um then, um, hence the title shit you'll never yeah, see. Exactly. Right. You know, and it so completely yeah, we, we yeah. get, we get the full moon treatment. And if you look <laughs> in the very back, there's two young ladies that are leaving the band hall. And those are the two that see all this go down. No pun intended. I think the worst part about it all was that you were analyzing his technique. Yeah. Because, um, I noticed he was wiping front or back to front. And that's not ever a good no. method. No, you, 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 always go, you always want to go front to back. That's right. You know, sweep away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, we, we managed to find the elderly gentleman and bring him in. And he said that he was having some problems with the medication, an, right? yeah. uh, medication and antibiotic that was causing him the runs. Um, and that, you know, the young ladies weren't supposed to be in there. It was lunchtime and... You know, so he he had an excuse or a reason. I don't know. Yeah, it was disgusting. And so we, of course, then you've got to get to action. 
Right. And so, uh, luckily, knowing the two girls and their mom because of being overbanned, yeah, I took them and uh, started working on the student side of it, investigating, while, investigating yeah. while you were working on the um, substitute side on of the it. H on the human resource on the HR. Uh, side of it. You had the HR side. Yeah. And um, so from my side, you know, I investigated, talked to the kids, um, got the counselor involved. Yeah. Had to call the parents, you know, yeah. let them know everything else. Like, And that. I got to call the, our principal who was at a in-service training and he says, what? And I said, yes, <laughs> you heard me correctly. We just had a substitute teacher Exposed himself to two female students unknowingly. He didn't do it on purpose and not in a sexual way. He had the Hershey squirts. And the worst part is he picked up the handkerchief at the end of the day. Um, the camera showed us this. Um, and then he happened to put it back into his pocket. Um, yeah. And I'm glad he did not shake the gentleman's hand at the and, end of the and, day. and the sub is is done yeah they're gone they're no longer with us mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the mom of the two lady uh two young ladies um really gave me the what for and she gave you the what for but again it was a mom that was right. pretty upset i mean there's precautions that you try to do you try to be proactive in everything that you can be but sometimes you have to react and i mean you can't predict what somebody's going to do no all the time. Now, interestingly... It should have happened in the library because that's kind of like the center of the yeah. uh, buried uh, mm -hmm. Native American burial ground yeah. in our campus. You know? But you want, what is really that's interesting all. about the month of April, there were still two other incidents involving yeah. fluids yeah. that we haven't even got to yet. Second one, we had a student that came down to talk to us. He had had surgery... And he had said that a female student in his class had punched him in his stitches. And so he was bleeding from his stitches, from his surgery. So his mom was yeah. off the chain. Wow, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So he said it was a female in his class. We, we put him in the corner somewhere where like he could see them, the old double glass window type thing, mm -hmm. double mirror. And so he was there. Girls would come down one by one, and we'd make up some excuse like, "Oh, did, are you missing your ID? Did or did you know? Did or did you drop this? We're just not sure." And he'd shake his head, "No, no." And all of a sudden, every girl in the class was gone, and none of them were them. Mm -hmm. So then we said, "Oh, well, was it a girl from your class?" Well, I'm not sure. Well, where were you? I was actually in the hallway, not in the class, and we never found out who this girl was. Mm -hmm. That did this to him. So that was the second one involving body. Are, are you saying that sometimes kids make things up? Sometimes, sometimes some, they, somewhere there was some they, issue with that. They, now, they may not tell you the 100% truth. Now, the third one involving body fluids may be even more interesting than the first. And this was involving one of my students, but I think I was off campus. I cannot remember where I was. But the... Good buddy PhD wound up taking this one. Right here. Because he wound up finding a student with fake urine. Well, it was, it was someone else's oh, urine. Oh, sorry, right. Okay. Yeah, it was so, a drug bust. It was a drug bust. A student got caught with marijuana. And and what we're in the process of searching the student, and we come across a condom filled with someone else's urine <laughs> that he was saving to take to his probation <laughs> officer for the drug test. So in one month... It was still warm. In one month, we had basically blood, urine, and, and you, excrement. Yeah, yeah. So how was the library in April? Not as eventful as... Uh, uh, I mean, it, things were hopping in the library because April is school library month. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we had that going for us. I did not know uh, that. <laughs> so. You probably didn't get it out in like a PR type of way. We we did we did like a we did a book drop game. I was pretty stoked because um, we had a cartoon made about us in the school newspaper about our library book drop game. Every time the kids checked out a book, they could play this like plinko style um, game where they could possibly win prizes and stuff. So you're teaching gambling. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's like the American a way. Like a raffle. Yeah. Don't say raffle. Yeah. <laughs> said the R word. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that was good. So usually we kind of get a bump in our circulation because kids like free stuff. doesn't matter what it is. Um, and our 
April is usually crazy anyways because most of the teachers are trying to get their projects done before their final appraisals. So we were easily, you know, booking two to three classes at a time each class period and just kind of putting kids where we could. And, uh, yeah, usually April, our circulation stats and our um, just count, the number count, is usually double, sometimes triple of what it usually is the month before. So, yeah, April was crazy. It was good. No bodily fluids or anything like that, but it was still a good time. Uh, <laughs> my, my biggest thing with your, with your Planko game was I, I just didn't understand why you took from that sitcom Two Broke Girls and made your library shirt saying, first it's Planko, then it's in the Stinko. I didn't understand yeah. what it meant by that, but I was like, I didn't think that was probably school appropriate for yeah. the winning t-shirt. Well, she got she got away with it this year. Yeah, you know, somehow. So next year, it might be different. You know, we get different stakeholders every year. That is true. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because we still realistically have just touched the surface of things that went on in April yeah. that were unique. Yeah. A um, couple other things that we had. We had our uh, one of our teams advanced to the state uh, champion or state tournament. And so we had a week where we wound up coordinating buses and um, permission slips and finding ways for any student that wanted to go on this trip. We provided two charter buses with 110 kids. Mm -hmm. I was one of those that rode that. We had to get with the nurse and get any medications and everything. We had to get permission slips. We had to make lists. We had to meet. And we took those kids on the charter bus. Also, other kids were allowed to drive because it was about a two-hour drive to the state game. But if they brought back their ticket stub, then that absence would not count against them for our finals because if they have a certain amount of absences, they can exempt a final. So then that didn't count against them, but that just wound up spewing more extra work for us because it was still labeled as a certain kind of absence. But then the kids had to file an appeal, mm -hmm. and we had to go through the appeal on each of those. But so you talk about some of the other jobs that you do. You know, here we are, and during that week, we're finding time instead of maybe observing teachers or, you know, dealing with a kid that's struggling in, in a grade, we're coordinating and planning a trip. You know, we're being a travel guide on top mm -hmm. of everything else. And, and I know from March, my experiences with the buses, I wasn't very excited to be back on a busload of kids one no. month later. Yeah, that's bad. Real and, bad. And April is kind of like the storm before the big storm, mm -hmm. which is May, which is traditionally our close of school. And then also in things happening this month, uh, I had a unique situation on actually April Fool's Day. I had a student who wound up going into someone else's class. The students in the class had said that the teacher really never kind of paid attention to who was in class or not, that they took attendance, but they just did it looking down and never really kind of looked at all the kids. And like in college, the vision was that this teacher didn't really know who anybody was. So this kid was going to come into the room, even though he wasn't in that room, and he was going to pretend to be the one kid that had been like missing all year. Mm -hmm. And so when the teacher every day, they all, all the other kids laugh because they said the teacher every day calls the kid's name and there's that three seconds of awkward silence and okay, Mark Dapson again. And so when he was going to call it on April Fool's Day, this kid was going to say here, he was going to look up and there was going to be a kid sitting in his chair and boy, this was going to roll the whole class laughing. So the kid goes into the room, sits in the chair, gets ready to do this, and there's a substitute. <laughs> nice. So the teacher able to yeah. the kids. Teacher got they didn't show up. Yeah. And so then the the kid says, um, you know, they go Friday or whatever. He says here, well, there's a co-teacher from special ed in the room, and this kid is special ed, and he's been trying to get him to sign art paperwork <laughs> and give him his modifications. And so he goes, oh. So then this guy starts trying to hand this kid confidential information about his condition, even though he was a fake kid. And that was all on April yeah. Fool's Day. Nice. And at the end of April, we had prom. At the end of April, we had prom. Prom hasn't, wasn't too bad because we break it up in shifts. And so you get about a two and a half hour type of situation. And, and, and you and I did the early shifts. So... Doing the early shift, it's a it's a little bit easier, I think. I, I've done the late shift, and 
there's a lot more drama and, and sometimes some stuff. I know one of the things we were, as we were getting ready to leave, there was a lot of drama about one of the females there that they had questions as to whether or not she might have been under the influence of either pills or, mm-hmm. or alcohol something. or something because of the way she was acting. And then I know we were told on the Monday coming back that when they were cleaning up, they had found a flask upstairs in, in one of the areas. And it stuff, just had so. Coca-Cola in it. Sure it did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go player. to the prom this year? No. The chaperone? No. No, I didn't. Have you ever gone as a chaperone? I don't think so. Did you no. ever go as a student? I did. Yeah. Because you kind of remind me of like temperance bones. <laughs> and so I just wasn't sure. <laughs> I've been watching Binge on some bones yeah, lately. Yeah, I just yeah. kind of, Title IX was kind of maybe that that bookie type of kid yeah. that did, not a bookie bookie, but a bookie type of kid. Um, like a. Bookworm. Like, yeah, prom's not kind of like thin, yeah. her kind of thing. Well, because like your daughter. Yeah, yeah, she didn't go. She didn't go to prom. Or I'm glad. It saved us a lot of money. I was prom queen my senior year. You were? Yeah, I didn't have a date to prom, but I was prom queen. Because uh, <laughs> she was the mascot. What, yeah. what year did you graduate high school? 03. 03, that's right. Yeah. I was, you know I was off by a year. Queen? I thought you were 04. And this is a lesson to all those kids out there. Tutor the football team. Oh, Keep them yeah. eligible. And yeah. they will vote you prom queen. So. Oh. Like the Joker says, if you're good at something, never do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good reference. There. Okay. And then um, we did have a couple other things. One thing within our district, we have our Special Olympics track meet. And it worked out amazingly well. There was an actual lightning delay. Yeah. And they had to evacuate all of the students, all of the parents, all of the workers, all the high school kids helping out under the two sets of bleachers to wait out, you know, a 30, 45 minute lightning Situation and so you could imagine um, it worked out real well, but that was a very yeah. uh, tense. It's a cool situation. event though to go. It to. is a very yeah. cool event um, to look at, and so right now we'll maybe start looking at our hot topic. Yeah, the which, second section, which is uh, transgender issues, because that kind of reared its head, and uh, the whole issue of President Obama giving kind of an executive. Uh, memorandum saying, you know, extend these young people the rights, um, you know, and let them use what they need to use. Mm-hmm. And and there was a backlash in our state, and I know there was in other states as well, but ours was located on the kind of the southeast corner, which mm-hmm. traditionally has been kind of a strange area of our state, if you know our state. Um, that and the eastern portion especially the closer you get to you know the deep south Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny because uh, we have uh, we've had some transgender kids come through our high school and I don't think that I didn't even know until the counselor came and said to me hey this this particular student is going through um, you know uh, sexual uh sexual change like a gender change um and we got a question the other day like we're going to have another student come through our school that's doing this and uh so they're transgender student and they're going from male to female and um so she had some questions of me and i said well um you know i know we've done this before but to, to be honest with you, I can't even remember. I remember the kid, and I remember them being very, very nice and taking care of them and them doing what they needed to do to get out of school. And we, we did everything that we could to accommodate their needs and, and look after them. But I can't remember if they were going from boy to girl or girl to boy. I think it was boy to girl. It was one I remember. And I know that I think at that time uh, our district, the vision was or whatever is that if the student could use like a restroom in like, the clinic, like a yeah like uh, a, a gender neutral a gender neutral type of restroom and stuff like that 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 would be fine but it was interesting because it'll be interesting to see like you mentioned how this transforms over the next six to nine months because I think it was in Virginia mm-hmm. where the case had occurred and they had said the isolation of a student to a gender neutral bathroom that they're only using was kind of like discriminatory okay and that they were supposed to be able to mainstream, per se, in terms of that restroom use and be able to be 
in the same one with the other kids instead of saying, okay, you've got to go to the clinic mm-hmm. in that bathroom every time you have to use the restroom. And I think we offered him that choice at the time because we we've had a couple. One of them was not with us but for about three or four months. The second one, I know if I told you who they were, you'd be like, oh, they were transgender? Because they, they ended up walking the stage. They rode a little scooter to school. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, you know, they, they did really, really well, and they were with us for all four years. And I, I think that, I mean, as always, and we're not going to get too much into this in, in a large way, but I think the concerns from the schooling-type situations and everything else is you're trying to um, work with 2,800 kids, mm-hmm. all different religions, all different ethnicities, all different choices that they make. And, and sometimes we have to have conversations with students because when somebody um, chooses a different type of lifestyle, then some kids react differently mm-hmm. to them. Some kids tease them, different things like that. So we have to really work hard on educating and, and preventing Yeah, stuff. being proactive. Right. And, and I, I think, you know, always that vision, uh, the scary part, and, and if you ask some parents, it would be, there's no way I want a boy in the bathroom with my daughter when they're the only two, you know, my daughter's the only girl in that bathroom. There's no way I want that boy going in to there from that time. And, and we understand that those students don't think of it just body part versus body part. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in, in their brain. And in other words, they're thinking of it differently, but to that parent having that and then how, would you know, how to react off of, if an assault or something did happen in yeah. that bathroom kind of mentality. And a lot of times, um, my experiences with the kids are, they're more accepting than mm-hmm. the parents are because the parents are like, you, you, you and I's age, you, you know. Um, so, I don't know, Title IX, when you were at the school as a student, did you have any of those um, types of students that you were in class with? Or? No, I, we, for... With us, it wasn't so much transgender. It was more like sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was one of those things where it was, we were still at a point where, you know, it was becoming more prevalent to talk about those types of things, but it wasn't something that people were as out. Like mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, on our campus, you'll see, um, you'll see same-sex couples that are actually together. And right. I just didn't see that when I was in high school. You, you might have known people who were, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they didn't bring it to school with them. Um, and just, you know, when you were talking about, um, you know, the concern of the parents, when all of this was, was being brought up, I have a, a niece who's in middle school. She's a sixth grader, just finished sixth grade. And, um, she, she told me, yeah, there was a, a girl in the bathroom and she got in trouble. Um, she's not at school anymore. She got in trouble because she stuck a cell phone under the stall next to her and took a picture of her friend pooping and then tweeted it. So I'm just kind of like, you know what? <laughs> Shit's going to go down <laughs> no matter yeah. what the situation is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, things yeah. are going to happen. So I always err on the side of, you know, let, let people have their rights. Correct. You know? And right. assholes are going to be assholes, you know. And in school people like us that are in the trenches, I mean, it's my opinion mm-hmm. that we got bigger fish to fry. Let's get on and address other things that actually impact learning. Yeah. Right. Well, I know with the, the last student that had gone through that, um, I know we had at least a couple times that we had to run investigations or things because of, of comments that were being made towards those students and everything else, you know, in that kind of way, too. But, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how this trickles down or, or how they come up with whatever final types of decisions if, if they'll you know, continue to say a gender neutral restroom is okay, or if they're going to say, no, they, they'll, with their rights, they can use this other restroom. And then, you know, I guess what we would have to look at is in, in handbooks and stuff like that, what would occur, what level of consequences are there if somebody does something mm-hmm. in that restroom? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like you said, with technology now and social media, they could be like, oh, look, you know, stuff happens under the best of circumstances. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, all righty. Let us know what you think. Um, email us or 
follow us on Twitter. And you want to give... Yeah, our email address is uh, chronic.aps at gmail.com is our, is our email. And we're at um, Twitter at chronic.aps. Okay, so the next and final section for April, of course, is our questions from the box. I had two that came in. And we got our buy-sell. Oh, and our buy-sell. Yeah, because yes. uh, nobody has been writing us. Well, yeah. <laughs> Minus two, I've got, I guess. Yeah, my mom even quit writing us. <laughs> the first one is um, <laughs> yeah. that in the questions from the boxes, I am a administrator in training, meaning that I one day want to become an administrator and I'm working on my internship. Do you have any advice to an admin in training or do you guys experience having an admin on your campus and how do you work with those situations or those people? So my, my, I would have a couple of pieces of advice. Number one, with our um, retirement and pension uh, policies that are in effect in our state, now you have to be 62 years old and you have to have uh, X number of amount of experience, years of experience. So in order to retire and, and as an administrator, it's going to be a long haul if you get in too early. So if you're 35, 40 years old and you're, you're going in, that's a good age. But if you're like, if you're still in your twenties or early thirties, you need to think twice about making the leap into administration because this is a job that you get burned out really, really quickly. And if you get to be the principal of a high school, you need to have an exit strategy because it's not a job that you can keep for decades. Otherwise, you'll end up just killing yourself and your family will leave you and you will die a lonely, sad death. <laughs> so I guess in that way, you had a lot of positive. Now, <laughs> the positive, I mean, it's a cool job right? Um, and you get a lot of variety. But until you have experience where people are going to take you seriously and you're very confident and you have those years in the classroom where the classroom teachers will see you as someone to go to for advice, um, you know, don't, don't do it, you know, wait, be, take it slow. Well, and I think like you said, cause isn't it statistically like the average superintendent will stay at a school three to five three to, years, yeah, three to five years. most years. And so, I mean, when you start thinking about that, if you wind up, AP for seven years, unlike us chronics, you'll be there for 20. Mm -hmm. And then you move up to high school or middle school principal for three years, high school principal. If you move to central office, if you do a superintendency, that's a lot of little chunks. Yeah. Um, as you said, some kind of exit plan. If you are going to become that high school principal, you probably need to be looking at what is the is it executive you know, central office? Is it looking at superintendency? And, and you may not want to do that because right. the further up you go, the more of a uh, hired politician you become. Mm -hmm. and, and not everyone has the stomach to do that. And I guess, you know, one of the things that I've seen, because I know we have some uh, people that go through the training with us, a lot of the time, and, and Title IX, I don't know if when you jumped from the classroom to the library, mm -hmm. did you ever have any internship within that you did yeah and I it, it really worked out uh, in my favor because I did my internship you know obviously at the school I was teaching and then it just so happened to work out that I then became the librarian at the same school so it was this really great transition um, and mine was my situation was sort of like once in a blue moon clouds part rays of sunshine mm -hmm. come down on you and you know now when you were doing your internship and you were teaching and everything else like did you do like what we see in the administration side where it was about an hour or like a class period, really? Yeah. So you spent like 40, 45 minutes yeah. down there. Yeah. And just, and I would try to, to do chunks of time, you know, where I would, I was realistic. I knew I wouldn't be able to be down there every day, mm -hmm. you know, cause obviously it was still teaching. You have kids that need to make up tests. You have parent conferences and that kind of thing. And so I told myself two to three days a week and then. Uh, on top of, you know, helping out during that class period, whenever they had special events or things like that, I would help, um, help plan those. So yeah, there was an internship and it was, it was beneficial. And, and I was the type of person, I was this way with student teaching also where I never shied away from everything. I mean, if I'm going to screw up and make a mistake, I want to do it in that, that little grace period of, of internship. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously I'm not an administrator, but I would say to anybody that's, you know, dipping their toes in the water, just dive in. 
get the experience. I mean, you do know we killed your predecessor so that you would have a job. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. seen her in a while, so. Yeah. They, they disappeared <laughs> and never were heard from again. But I, and I think but it brings up an interesting point because when you look at the model, when somebody is student teaching and they finish going through all of their classes, they'll spend six to eight weeks on a campus, mm -hmm. but they will spend all day. And so getting that submersion of all day, every day, and they'll observe for a couple weeks, and then they'll kind of co-teach for a couple weeks, and then they'll have a couple weeks where they're teaching, um, the, class, they're teaching yeah. the class. When I did that, when I was going through, and, and I would be teaching and coaching, and I'd come up for my conference period, boy, you thought, this is a good job. 45 minutes sitting in that <laughs> yeah, office. Yeah, you don't get it. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus being in that office for 10 to 11 hours. And the uh, interns get like the easy stuff like tardies right. and absences and kind of those things where you can just get a feel for interacting with the kids right. and making very small decisions. Right. You let them observe some of the bigger things, but you made them make basic decisions on the, on the lower end. But then I think, like you said, sometimes there's maybe a false vision of what it really is like because you're seeing when you're going through you're getting this little chunk and then you get thrown into it and you're realizing this is an 11 hour or whatever hour a day job with all these multiple things going on um, as you said it, it, I enjoy it. It, it it keeps you on your toes it keeps you moving it keeps you walking it's got you you know all over the place but I just would think it would it would be nice somehow if there was some way they could either get a permanent sub for a month or whatever when these people get to this level and so that they, they throw them in there. They, they, they submerge them for a month and say, here you go, we've got a sub for you for a month. You, for this month, you are on the job training. And if you like it, then go ahead and apply. If you said, holy cow, this is not what I thought it was, it's nothing like teaching or everything else, because some will get into it and they'll get right out because mm -hmm. they're like, I just like some get into teaching yeah. and they go, I thought this was going to be totally different. So I just, it, it's very interesting that you, you know, for the leadership roles, you don't really have to have a whole lot of experience and your internship, you're really more theory based, yeah. practicum based and thrown into little snapshots. Yeah. Whereas that teacher, you're some, you know, submerged for Times. And the prep programs, they don't teach you some of the intangibles. Like, you got to sit there and listen to people that come to you, you know, and you should, like, just sit there and just take it all in and not say a thing. Right. You get the crazy teachers, you get the crazy parents, you get the crazy, the all the yeah. crazies, you know. And and the num your number one job at the time is just sit back and listen to them. And, like, we've seen you and i have both seen people that get into the ap role and then they get a taste of that and they're like they don't handle it well and their first inclination is to start applying for promotions so that they can <laughs> yeah. finally get out of this job because they get hammered yeah. so much and you're like you're thinking to yourself what are these people thinking they need to go back to the classroom because that's the biggest jump is when you're going from classroom to administration because one second you're in you're in charge of a class or you're counseling or, you know, you're doing something like that. And then the next you're like, you're sitting in the office and people are coming to you and they're asking you, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. And you can't turn around and say, uh, well, let me go and ask. Right. You're stuck. You got to make a decision. People don't always handle that real well. So no, nope. yeah. you're, you're exactly right. Okay. And then the second uh, question from the box was, uh, we always find, it um, interesting when you guys talk about some of those interesting things that like occur at the very beginning of your sections. Was there anything this month that you felt was out of the ordinary, uh, above and beyond what you talk about at, at the first section? I, I kind of have two, and um, one of them is at our school over the month of April, we had one of our school mascots um, vandalized. Not a, not a person in a fursuit. Let's right, be, a, let's be clear a static yeah. mascot. A static mascot. Like a fiberglass mascot versus a person mascot. They cut the legs off. Cut the legs off, had a senior prank or whatever and everything yeah. else. Once again, another thing, you get to school in the morning and you're ready for, you're ready to assist these kids with attendance hours or you're ready to assist 
Uh, you had a vision that you're going to visit these two or three classrooms because there was something neat going on that you wanted to watch. And you get to campus, and it's like all APs meet in the conference room. This just occurred. We want you guys on cameras. We want you guys questioning. We want you guys, you know, doing this, or you know, making the call out to the parent. You know, what all the stuff that you got to do when something like that occurs, and you want to, you don't want to talk too much about it because everybody's talking about it. But then you're trying to also get it cleaned up quick enough so that not all 2,800 kids that come on the campus see this and then they start thinking of copycatting and things like that. So it's, uh, that was one of them. I had forgotten about that. That was, that was, and, and you blocked it out. Yeah. And, and that took what? I mean, I'm getting old. That took almost probably three days yeah. between everything yeah. and, and social media once again, you know, helped cause some of that. The other one that was beautiful, PhD and I wind up, we have after school bus duty. And it's beautiful because some of our other APs have front of the school duty. They'll have crosswalk duty. And 10, 12 minutes after the school day's out, most of the kids have filtered out. They're back in their offices. Well, us at the buses, we have to wait until the last bus picks up the last kids. We're in for the long haul. We're in for the long yeah. haul. And so, you know, different days, there'll be a late bus and, you know, things happen and it's raining and there's other things going on. And so... Sometimes we're 15, 20 minutes after 30 every, minutes, every 30 minutes after everybody else is back to their offices and people will be waiting, where are you at? There's a parent here to see you or there's a teacher and, you know, there's a student or this and that. And we're like, well, we're still at the buses. But there's one time in April. This is a good one. This is a good one. Classic. And, and so um, I radioed our administrative assistant. We said, we're looking for bus, whatever it was, 107, something like that. And they said, well, let us check. They called central office and they called back and they said, the bus stopped at the train tracks. <laughs> and when it opened the door, as they do, right? as they do at the train tracks, the door fell off. <laughs> like it just fell off. Like it fell off. Like just a glass door. A glass door, I guess. If, you, if you're not familiar with school buses, right. they have glass doors. We're visioning that this is just in the streets. Yeah, and it's like by the shattered. And so we're like, okay. And so they said, well, you know, they just got to go to the bus barn. They'll get, they'll send a sub bus. So we're standing out there, and, and our bus area is right by a busy street, and uh -huh. cars are going by. And, and, and we both have pretty poor uh, vision. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, this bus... Well, our train tracks are like to the east, so out of coming from the west, like it's tapped, like it's tapped into the speed force. If you're right. a fan of the Flash, okay, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but the buses will travel from east to west to come get the kids, uh -huh. and all of a sudden, from an oddity, we see this bus coming from west to east. Yellow streak, yellow streak, flying. Just, I mean, like, like Sandra Bullock's behind yeah. it. You know, <laughs> or Kramer, one of those two driving that bus. Yeah, speed. Ringing you know, the bell. Not, driving. Can't go below fifty. No, yeah. just flying down this road. Road's supposed to be twenty miles an hour, probably going like sixty. Yeah. And PhD looks up and he goes, "There's that bus. There's one oh seven. But it's flying by. It goes right past the school. Doesn't even slow down or stop. And what did you notice about the bus? It it appeared to be intact. The door. The door was on the bus. <laughs> yeah. And the bus driver was, you know, gunning it to the firewall, you know, just like as fast as he could. And we never saw that bus again the, that day. And we looked at each other like, was that just the bus? You know, oh. just tell us the truth. Yeah. You know, don't lie to us. So thanks was, a lot, transportation. Definitely, definitely something. And, and yeah. so each month there's usually something. We'll probably have to have that is oddities at the bus stop. Yeah, because I didn't. I didn't know the buses could go that quickly. That was that was pretty fast. Yeah, the only usually when the coaches are driving. I thought they had like governors on them. They do speed sometimes. governors, not like politicians. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay, so our last section. Yeah, we got some buy and sells for April 2016. So I'm going to read a statement, and then you guys either buy it, you you agree, or you sell it, you don't agree, and and why. Number one, vocational programs greatly increase the uh, value of public education. Buy it. Yeah. And, and I think so because uh, 
you know, the time that I, I've been in education as a profession, it's been an interesting time because we've seen this sort of pendulum swing when, when I first got there, you know, we sort of had this abundance of programs and then we went into all these cuts and where do we make the cuts? Well, cut the vocational program. Because we want them to be college ready. Everybody's going yeah. to college. Everybody's going to college. Yeah. Or, you know, we'll get them to apply and get accepted. And, and I think that was, that, was only, <laughs> yeah. that was like a... Good point. A, Not that they had to go to college. Yeah. They had to apply and get accepted. I wonder who had kickback on those $25 applications. <laughs> We're going to get all thousands of kids to apply. Now, once they apply and get accepted, we don't care if they go or not. We just want them to apply. Yeah. And then the greater implication in this is a greater application process to the schools, a greater amount of student loans are generated, a greater amount of people getting rich yeah. that doesn't have anything to do with education, but right. it all has to do with finance in yeah. a in a scenario not unfamiliar to the housing mm -hmm. situation and the collapse there. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And um, so we, in essence, pretty much were gutted of our vocational yeah. programs. And, and having taught seniors during that time frame and seeing the number of young people who were, they just seemed lost, but they could say, yeah, I applied, I, I got accepted. Well, what are you interested in? I don't know, yeah. but I'm gonna go. And, you know, we, we check that off the list. Um, and it, it seems like such a, I don't know, crime seems like an exaggeration. But it, it does in a way. Because we have so many kids that are just, they're good with their hands. And they want to do things like that. They don't want, you know, a desk job. Um, and, you know, I feel really blessed that on our particular campus we do have a vocational program. Mm -hmm. That when kids graduate, they've got a skill that they can earn a decent mm -hmm. But remember, uh, back when you were a student, we had another uh, vocational magnet, and it kind of went away for a while. And yeah. like you said, we were lucky to get back something. Yeah. Because there are campuses that have absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like it's trying to convince kids like not everybody gets to design websites and be a YouTube star. Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna, you know, yeah, it takes diversification. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> not everyone can be a podcaster. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Not everyone can be a podcaster, and we may even be expanding. Yeah. <laughs> We may even be expanding to, to video. Yes, we yeah. may be looking at YouTube. More details on that. So right. don't Might crush have to our dreams telling us that not everyone... I didn't say you couldn't. Okay. Just in general. Yeah. In general. Okay. Yeah. 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 We're we're the above average. No, let's let's get your mugs on the on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can barely leave my house already. Second buy and sell. Our, what? You have another buy and sell. Yes, I do. Um, and we'll, and this next topic kind of lends itself to what we talked about last time, which is the infrastructure of public ed does not lend itself to dealing with the ever-evolving ever -evolving technology. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I buy that. Having been in the library, um, right now within our district, we're looking at this huge transition they piloted it on some campuses of the idea of bring your own device which sounds great um, but when you look at our infrastructure that's in place and our wireless network it can barely handle the network devices that are purchased by the district um, and I can tell you from my own personal experience in the library the wireless network during the lunch period because we our proximity to the courtyard it just drags because everybody's hitting mm -hmm. off of our wireless hubs um, and you know, and the, the deal with the bring your own device, it sounds great, but the thing that irritates me about it as a, as a parent, cause I have a stepson who's about to start middle school. It seems like it puts a lot of pressure on parents to go and, and buy a three or $400 device. And then it makes you wonder who's getting left behind on that because not every parent is going to be able to afford that. And mm -hmm. it's hard to, and it's hard to, uh, explain that to parents who, when they went to school, we had textbooks and, you know, it was fine. We learned and we did okay. Um, and, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about how, you know, digital natives, they learn differently and all that kind of stuff. And, and in some ways, sure. But in some ways, I feel like it, it panders to a younger generation. And it's like, okay, at what point do we say, we can only accommodate you so much. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to grow as an individual 
and you're going to have to like try to diversify your own learning and mm -hmm. try to learn, you know, off of a piece of paper. Yeah. You can handle that. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. No, I agree. I, I think that um, it's, it's a good vision in terms of trying to get that, but you definitely see how slow it gets. It's interesting whenever your campus hosts like the leadership for the district and they bring all these administrators and counselors in. The first thing they do before they go and start the leadership, they do what? They go in there and they improve. Yeah, they fix everything. They fix everything. They, they improve the, yeah. the strength of your uh, bandwidth and everything else like that. But, yeah, I mean, when but you see it in, in colleges. I mean, one of the big things that was happening at the college football games was they were losing students. Mm -hmm. Because the students were at a game, and there wasn't Wi-Fi, or there wasn't bandwidth, there wasn't something to where, and they're sitting there going, I can't connect during the timeouts, I can't connect during the halftime, during the pre-games. So if I'm going to sit there and I can't be on my phone, I can't get into my social medias, I can't update and check on stuff while watching the game, I'm out of here. And so you see this over the last year, two years, UT, Ohio State, these places are improving and creating a new infrastructure in their stadium so that the person can can have more access hmm. during that time. Think about us schmucks when we were in college and you know, we just turned our head to the left or to the right and just talked to the drunken person next to us. I know. Nice. You know? And just watch the scoreboard. Yeah. That's how I got yeah. all my dates. Yeah. <laughs> nice. If it was social media, who yeah. knows where I'd be yeah. right now. Yeah. You wouldn't be here. Yeah. No one would have talked to yeah. you if they weren't forced to. Yeah. Because they were like stuck with you. God. That's funny. I never thought about that. <laughs> I'm glad you were born when you were born. That's right. Yeah, we need you here. <laughs> okay, lastly, excellent teachers achieve excellence despite leadership initiatives. <laughs> I just, there's a lot of subjective language in that one. I mean, what do you mean by excellent and leadership and... <laughs> Was initiative in there too? Are you going to pass on that one? Yeah, you know, okay. that's, that's just, fine. It's okay. not concrete enough for yeah. me. All right. my um, brain. I'll... <laughs> Boo. Wait, wait, wait. wait I wait. made it this far. How about that? Okay. okay. The middle. I... So you're going to sell it? Yeah, sure. Why okay, not? sell it. I'd say I'd buy it. Uh, I wouldn't buy it very strongly, but I'll buy it some because I remember the days of staff development and I remember the vision of going into the first day of school less excited than going into the first day of staff development. Yeah. yeah. Where you went through that staff development, it was like, okay, so now you're going to have to put up these in your classroom. And every time you talk to a kid, you're going to have to use this language for discipline. You're going to have to do these things for this. And then when, you, when uh, on your lesson plans, you're going to have to add these three objectives every day and you're going to have to post them here and submit them there. And all of a sudden you're like, what? You know what I mean? It's like, let me teach. Mm -hmm. You know, get me into my setting. Get me into my room. I'll do, as we always talk about, the basics. I'll take the attendance. I'll monitor the kids. I'll supervise them and I'll teach them. But then let me go do that. But when you start putting all these initiatives that sometimes are campus-based, sometimes are district-based, sometimes are state-based, I mean... And when that all rolls in there and you're saying you got to do this on top of it, sometimes it does hamstring. And I think once you get into week two or three of actually teaching the kids, you get back into your rhythm. But, boy, you want to talk about years that I'd go home and be like, I'm done. It was Thursdays after four days of eight-hour staff developments yeah. because you're like, there's no way. You're like, I'm going to be fired this year. Just like we do sometimes when we sit through leadership and they're like, okay, as an assistant principal, this is the attendance way. This is how you do paychecks. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And you're like, there's no way we can do all this. And then with our new evaluation system, this is all the time you're going to commit to this. Well, everybody keeps adding more time, more time for leadership, more time for attendance, more time for evaluations of teachers, more time for this. But they're not pulling any time away. They're adding more time yeah. in every one of their little things. And so you get there and you're like, I know at times we sit there and we look at each other and we're like, how are we going to get all this done? Yeah. And, and basically, obviously, we can't get it all done. And as we've talked about before, if they want you gone, they'll say, okay, you didn't do this well enough. You're gone. Yeah, if they want you here, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, I mean, because okay. we've known people that have like, 
you know, they're just bad people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll go sleep with farm animals, but somehow they find themselves that doesn't, that doesn't being make you employed. A bad person, though. Well, you know, you know that old moral turpitude them. clause. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you would think I'm just maybe I'm just old school with that. that I don't. You know? Okay, doesn't make you evil. Bad right. person. Okay. Right. It's all in the language. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, sitting at staff development, and sometimes you'll hear things, and you look around, and it's like. All right, which of you dumbasses did that? And now we all have to follow this Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the only reason this came up is a buy or sell is because two things. Number one, you got Title IX earned one of the highest teaching awards that is available here in our, in our state. I still suspect rampant voter fraud. And, uh, and I know that um, as part of those people that earn awards, a large part of teaching is of course, pedagogical knowledge, like knowing how to teach, knowing how kids learn. But part of that is an art, you know, and I know my, my wife is one of those that's a great teacher. And, you know, she is consistently gets marked down because she doesn't um, follow a certain framework, a behavioral framework that we all were told we have to follow. But she doesn't need to, you know, but she gets if you don't do it, you you don't get yeah. you know evidence the other thing was our new appraisal system which is like we're going to have to teach the teachers what we go through and we're going to have to dedicate um was it like three days mm-hmm. to to going over this stuff well, in they addition want us, to right what throughout the whole to, year every time yeah. we meet with the teachers we have to go over stuff yeah teachers don't want to hear that no they don't care but we'll do it right because we always do it we always do it. That's what we got. That's why. Yeah, that's how you become a chronic. Yeah, this you, is you go through the hoops. You, you do what you're supposed to do yeah. to the best of your ability, and then, luckily, best we, job we ever had. We stay under the shadows enough to where, um, yeah, or in the shadows enough to yeah. where they we don't. Come and whoever fires thing. librarians, no one. You got a job for life. God willing. You're a lifer. Yeah. As long as she doesn't. Yeah. I haven't murdered anybody. Calls, yeah, don't, you know. As long as she doesn't kill go on a rampage assistant. to the assistants or something. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. No, no uh, assault. Yeah. yeah. I, the thing that, uh, there was a new story on, it was probably, I don't know, six months ago. And I, I literally held my breath throughout the commercial break because the new story was sexual assault takes place in the library, student claims back in you know a couple minutes and i'm like please don't be our school please don't be our school i'm like nobody told me about that <laughs> it was probably college those all are the, little nightmares all the weird stuff happens in college mm-hmm. libraries yeah yeah at least that's the urban legend all right so that's it for the month of april uh we'll be back next month and you can always find us at chronic.aps at gmail.com or on twitter at and we're at chronic aps <laughs>